Hi everyone and welcome to episode 23 of the Sweet Spot on a Farm podcast. This is our Christmas special and it is the last episode of this year. But before we get to my today's guest, I have a few thank yous I'd like to get through. So first of all, I'd like to thank to Gemma O'Hagan, the very talented designer behind the Sweet Spot cookbook who also designed our lovely podcast logo that you can see every time you listen to our episode on SoundCloud or iTunes. You can hear her name at the end of every episode in the outro credits and I do owe her a big thanks for the beautiful design. So Gemma, thank you very, very much. My second thank you goes to another talented person, which is Mark J. Adair of Syncwood Studios, whose name you can also hear at the end of each episode, and who is responsible for our beautiful podcast theme tune. Mark, thank you so much. You've done such a wonderful job and I cannot thank you enough for that. The third thank you goes to all of you, our listeners who listen to the podcast, who give me feedback such as guests and share the links when you find the content of a particular episode really interesting or helpful. I am so happy that you find my guests and their knowledge as interesting as I do. So thank you so much for the continuous support. Which brings me to my last thank you, and that goes to all of my guests to date who so generously agreed to talk to me and shared their knowledge and passion with all of us for free. There would be no sweet spot on a farm if it wasn't for these awesome people, and some of them I'm really proud to call my friends. So guys, thank you so much for giving me your time. And so this last thank you extends to my today's guest, the beautiful Evelina, vegan blogger, recipe creator and reviewer and the founder of Mother Nature Loves You. Hi, lovely lady. How Hello. Are you? Hi, Zanam. Well, thank you for having me today. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. So we're at Evelina's house, which is currently undergoing a major refurb. <laughs> it's a bit mad in here, but it's a really, really lovely big house, big family house. You have a really big family and you are the only vegan. Now, right. how are you finding that? Because I can imagine that dinner times must must be a little hectic. Yes, it can be at times, but um, it's been now probably almost six years and a half since I went vegan. And for the first few years, I would say I was even learning my own way into my own vegan cooking, trying to see what really works, what combinations I like, what food I prefer and what I don't, of course. But now at dinner time, it's almost effortless. We know that there's going to be at least two kind of dishes on the table. One's going to be completely vegan and one's going to be whatever everybody else is having. So um, it has become really our our way of eating. Everybody sort of knows that this is how it's done. And it's I, I find it easy. Most days we know if we're cooking, for example... Uh, something that is originally made with maybe a certain kind of meat could be chicken or we will definitely have another pot which will be without it. Also, there are certain times where we'll be cooking food and it will be a few kinds of salad and then some kind of meat on the side. We sort of got used to that, that way of eating and it's not really hard. We try our best to have at least one meal a day when we all of us sit together around the table and try to make the f- um, the food not so much sitting together not so much about the food but the people around the table 
and um, spending time together as a family at least once a day, even if it's for 20 minutes, I say to my children, look, come downstairs, let's eat together, stop whatever you're doing, leave your phone, leave your computer. Luckily, where the dining table is, uh, the Wi-Fi doesn't reach <laughs> which is a wonderful smart. <laughs> which is a wonderful wonderful bonus that we have here so whenever we're sitting around the table it really is about me asking them the most annoying interrogating questions that you could ask your teenage children and just really trying to spend some time around the food and not talking so much about what everybody's eating and just to spend time together and talk about other things well, you mentioned it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I absolutely agree with that. It's mm-hmm. uh, when you're eating together, it really should be about sharing the company and mm-hmm. enjoying the company and making it about the moment rather than the food. Saying that, <laughs> it's really nice to enjoy the food together. Exactly. You mentioned teenage kids, so mm-hmm. you have four boys. That's right. How old are you? What are well, ages? they're 15, 14, 11, and the youngest one just turned three. So... 15, 14, 11, these are quite difficult ages. How yeah. did the boys and your husband as well, how did they respond to you going vegan? What was their reaction? In the beginning, um, I don't think they even, because I continue to take part in food preparation. I continue to make for them whatever food is it they like, what they're used to. There was a phase uh, maybe I went to in the beginning because once you go vegan, you go through like a different phases. In the beginning, you feel that you've discovered a new invention, which is, it's just that phase that you go through and you feel like everybody that you know, you should be like almost evangelical about it, which <laughs> yeah. is, you know, it, which, is, which happens, which I see even in other vegans. It's not, it's, it's like a phase that you go through. And um, I tried, but I realized I brought them up to eat absolutely everything, to be omnivores, to appreciate whatever, because that's how I was eating whenever they were they were growing up. So I decided um, that I'm just going to continue to eat whatever it is I'm eating. It is my decision. It's the best and the most eff- efficient way because they can make the choice themselves. Yeah. They are smart enough and capable enough to do it if they want to. And I think also because they eat um, at school or eat out, they also find it easier not to be vegan. Mm. Because I say at home, they see everything that I add, that I make. There are certain foods that they absolutely love. They eat a lot more salad. They eat a lot more beans. They eat a lot less. Um, I mean, I used to be probably the worst one for multi-packs of chocolates, biscuits, you name it. So they do participate, they do eat yeah. the food that you're making yes. for yourself. That's well. right. But they don't eat it exclusively. Mm. In the beginning, I wanted them, I had a sort of a idea that maybe um, I have to stop them completely and just don't bring any food into the house that it's not vegan. But the, the stress that that will cause me mm. um, alone, it's not worth it for the sake of me trying to make them something and stress them. And, you know, I you have know? to say that I wholeheartedly agree with that approach. I mean, I don't have any children, but I um, mm-hmm. in our household, I'm trying to be... I'm mainly plant-based. Yeah. I, um, we, we talked before I hit record and I, I did say because I can't really eat grains and I don't, I'm don't. i not that good with carbs at the moment so I do um, have eggs in my yeah. diet that I yeah. would prepare at home 
but everything else is pretty much plant-based when I make a mm -hmm. curry it's it's completely plant-based when I make a stew it's completely plant-based it's all vegetables um, but my partner is an omnivore and I would not force him I mean I nag at him sometimes that he yeah. eats too much meat but I would not force him to eat the same way I do it's his decision it is his body and yeah. I think as you said you, you just have to lead by example and mm -hmm. let the other people make their own decision that's right rather than by force because nobody's going to listen to you Nobody. anyway if you're going to be forcing them they're just um you know i read it somewhere it's probably said one of the nutritionists but it's kind of stuck into my head that we are scavengers humans can literally eat anything but we do thrive on plants and i say that one to my kids if you're feeling a little bit off or if you're feeling even slightly that you're getting a little bit sick just eat plants for a few days and you'll feel better instantaneously even just to use it as an example that just the raw vegetable alone give you energy, that, that alone give you energy. A stick of celery can remove stomach acid probably faster than anything else. Though All these things add up because they know how helpful it is and how energetic it is to have those things in their diet. Yeah, no, it is. It's almost like a reset. Mm -hmm. I find plant-based diet incredibly healing. Mm-hmm. And I actually did at one point for about a year and a half, I was 100% on plant diet. Yes. And I had to stop it, unfortunately, because I can't digest certain things. Yeah. But um, I it helped me heal. It yeah. really helped me heal. And I do, I could would, could recommend that to anyone. You yeah. don't have to do it permanently if you don't feel like it. Yeah. But it's definitely, even for a certain period of time, just to heal the body, mm -hmm. reset the system. It's the only scientific proven way to actually help you. To help you to really get through whatever time you're going through and everybody is different you know you just have to find that sweet spot of vegetables and this plate full of uh, things that you like because everybody likes different things but when it comes to um, giving your body really the most micro macronutrients and all the vital everything that you need the best way to do it is with plants there's no there's no question about it and obviously oxygen water and sunlight i mean unrest and good sleep but when it comes to diet it is definitely plants well i guess that the fact that you brought your family um on you know eating everything mm -hmm. is probably helpful as well because there I, I i'm guessing if you put a vegetable salad on a plate, there, there's nothing that the kids maybe wouldn't eat or that they would refuse. Oh, to sometimes eat. they will pick uh, certain vegetables out of it if the if they don't like it, but it doesn't matter. I just continue to offer. I just continue to put whatever it is in front. <laughs> this was quite an adventure, guys. We had a bit of a technical issue there. Uh, my recorder stopped recording because it decided that my card, my SD card was full. Turns out my SD card was full of ghost files. And thanks to Evelina's lovely husband, we're back. Actually, I think it's worth mentioning how we met the first time. Yes. Because Evelina and I met at an event. It was a health seminar and it was oh, five years ago. Five years five. ago. And Evelina was providing vegan lunch at mm -hmm. that event. And I really, really liked her food and I liked it looked amazing it tasted amazing mm -hmm. and Thank you. Um, it was a lovely spread of different things loads of salady stuff and some smoothies and I really really like your your approach to veganism because it's healthy it's all real 
food, no processed stuff, mm-hmm. um, zero processed sugar, and it's this kind of food that we all need to be eating regardless. I don't care what diet you're on, real food is the stuff. When you start, when you, when you went vegan, were you eating like that from the very from beginning? From the very beginning, yes. I feel that from the very beginning, I realized that in order to really get the health, you have to eat as much vegetables as possible, all different kinds. Obviously, the healthiest things to eat are leafy greens, beans and seeds. If you have those in your diet, and I believe that wholeheartedly, regardless on what diet you are on, you can be healthy or unhealthy. You can be a a very healthy omnivore. You can be very healthy vegetarian, very healthy vegan. You can call yourself anything you like. Uh, Keto, it doesn't matter. As long as you're getting the nutrients when we're talking about health, um, you can't perfectly well include all the nutrients, all the vitamins, everything that your body needs. It's quite effortless actually, in my opinion, to do so because all you need is a few handfuls of green stuff, a few handfuls of berries and um, water. I can't even stress that enough. Uh, That's, I think, one of the best habits I've given to my kids is to drink water. Every day they are sent to school with at least one liter of water while they're there to drink. And in the beginning of my, I don't know, I don't want to call it a vegan journey because it sounds very not me, but once I went vegan first, I... realize that if you want to buy some some vegan food you just have to go to the fresh food aisle a few jars of some pickled fermented stuff some grains and that's it you have it recently i don't know why um i don't know exactly what caused it but there's enormous amount of convenient food some of it is very 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 highly processed and um, i've tried quite a few of them and some of them actually made me make me physically sick or even if you just go to the middle eastern time food they do offer very good um, nutrient value from convenience point of view as long as you read the label but the less food with labels we buy the better in the beginning i, I tried all sorts of recipes and i thought that um, i have to have you know certain certain types of foods but As I got into my habits of eating, I realized that um, it's so simple. All you need is a bit of vegetable, a bit of bean, and then it's up to yourself if you want to include some carbohydrate with that or not. And sometimes the food could be cooked in advance. And that's the good thing about vegan food. It, It will, especially if you keep it in the fridge, it will even taste better. If you make a hot pot type dish, especially now in the winter, curry type dish, stew, chili, you name it. It keeps well. It's so tasty. It could be put with salad, could be made with pasta, rice, wrap. If you eat carbs, if you don't, you can serve it with maybe some kind of maybe cauliflower or you can serve it with steamed Brussels sprouts or whatever you like to eat. And it's amazing. I just... I just can't believe how simple it is to be vegan. And it, it's the simplest diet there, there is. It's a whole new world of simplicity. Grab a bit of pepper. Grab a bit of some kind of a green thing that you like. A few olives. Some hummus. Put it in a wrap. Here's your lunch. For dinner, whatever vegetables you like, steam them. Ideally, roast them. 
and then mix them with some I, I do fry my onions and sometimes I would got garlic and leeks depend what I, what I do but if you add those roasted vegetables in your stew I mean your dinner's ready it's so so simple a few fresh herbs whenever you're making your salad will make all the difference whenever you're whenever you're eating the bottom line is really not to give up if you if, if you have decided you know to go to the vegan way of eating we live in a country where there's an abundance of everything and if you buy in season you can keep your budget fine and also it's simple tasty food Every day. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. The simplicity of vegetable-based cooking, it's just, it's unreal. And as you said, like, you can, you can like, salads are wonderful because you can just throw anything together. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes coming towards the end of the week, we just use all the leftovers. Mm-hmm. So, like, today I, I, I was left with kohlrabi, courgette, half a cucumber, mm-hmm. and one carrot. So I just put that into a food processor yeah. to grated and put together a quick um, salad dressing ginger a wee bit of um, olive oil raw apple cider vinegar um, some lemon and um, garlic i think that's it and then just blended it together pour it over the salad yeah salad done exactly like, and that's just leftovers like exactly. you don't you can honestly can throw anything together it that's works. right that's <laughs> right that's right and then if you sort of find something that you really like, make sure you write it down because sometimes you'll be surprised at things <laughs> that actually could work. Even accidental, like accidental, ac- accidental recipes. Accidental recipes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's it's very, very true. Yeah. Oh, hang on. How did I make it? <laughs> I know, that's another thing. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that you wonder. That so many times. Like you make something and it's really delicious and mm-hmm. then you try to remember what exactly you put in it and you try mm-hmm. to make it again and it's not as nice and you can't remember what you did differently the first time. That's right. That drives me crazy and here comes one of the little boys <laughs> we have a little visitor hello will you tell our listeners what your name is say something say yeah, Xander yeah, say yeah. hello <laughs> but anyway so you said that you became vegan about six and a half years ago that's right um, what was your diet like well before that I was literally eating everything absolutely there wasn't really anything that I wouldn't eat because I grew up in Bulgaria where we at the whole animal. When I say that, I mean all the organs, including the brain. Just I've eaten every possible piece of that that you can't eat because this is how everybody was brought up. That's how everybody eats there. And then as the time went on, um, I went to a to a seminar in Dublin, and um, one of the decisions I made at that seminar was to stop drinking that Pepsi because it was one of my daily drinks. Oh boy. <laughs> so, so once I stopped drinking that Pepsi, then I started watching different videos about health and nutrition. And everything made so much sense. It took me maybe one year educating myself about food. And it's everything I know. That There's nothing. I feel like everything that I've learned from those videos, uh, it was not even one thing that was new to me it was like some kind of a hidden deep down knowledge that all people have but it's the habit of eating certain way that we become accustomed to that stops us to change but what really made me go vegan was a video i watched it was about a dairy farm when i realized that that in a in a glass of milk there is a milk from maybe a, a hundred cows that i don't know if you send me now 
in a village somewhere. It could be in Ireland, it could be in Peru, it doesn't matter where it is. And if the cow is there and somebody hand milk it and you give that milk to a person, the amount that you're going to get from hand milking um, an animal, be a cow, be a goat, it will be completely different amount. And also this animal lives with you in a farm. Um, it is the factory farming practices that really made me become vegan. The realization of the, of the strong commercial side of it. It's completely... This is the... That's what our listeners needed to know. <laughs> this is how everybody knows that. So, can't even change it. Luckily for me, I have one of my children helping me. Otherwise, I'll be lost today. I'm so lucky. But that was it, really. The the, the vegan decision came after. First of all, I watched video uh, from Dr. Dr. Neil Bernard, who has done a lot of research, um, mainly about helping people to prevent Alzheimer's, diabetes, and all sorts of autoimmune disease, which anybody who have certain kind of health issues maybe have come to a certain realization that it wasn't just one morning they woke up oh i'm sick it was a series of habits that they had over the years in their life that led them to be that way maybe there is a percent where it can maybe prevent it but the majority can be prevented and reversed with the plant-based diet the vegan part of you, which is which is not only for health reasons, is for ethical reasons, is that it's basically this realization how unnecessary for me is to eat the animal and how unnecessary for me is to take the milk. And there are people and there are places in the world where you could not possibly survive. I mean, if you live in Alaska without the seal fat, you probably will be sick easily from from the cold and there are places in other parts of the world where it's part of survival but if you feel that it's unnecessary for you I invite you to try to see how it goes because if you even just reduce the amount or make some changes to uh, get to know your food that will make a difference I um, I grew up being shown how to slaughter a, a chicken how to process it so it will be in the plate and that's normal I'm not I'm not grossed by that because this is something that in in Bulgaria where I grew up was was fine because my dad killed most of the animals we ate at home and this was normal that was that was common for us in our family and because he he's a doctor he knew exactly how quickly to kill it and where to cut very fast Um, for me it's just this realization that leave the animals alone we humans live with them here near together let them be and let us be without forcing them in some kind of slavery that it's not necessary i'm not saying stop all farming this is completely not what i believe i i believe that this that the factory farming has to stop and if you're gonna and if you have it and if you would like to have a farm have a real farm where you rotate the crops, where you use everything from even the sticks of the wood to any waste. You don't have a heap of waste that doesn't go anywhere. Everything has to be. Then the humans will maybe 
grow to have their optimal amount of meat in their diet, which is about 20%. So humans thrive on plants because of the fact that we literally can't live without growing vegetables. But the next step is to have fully sustainable farm, which means that every animal is let to live all their life. <laughs> this is again Xander coming here to say hello. We, we have a... <laughs> I have Xander again. We have two guests for one today. <laughs> he doesn't want to leave me. Do you know, I really, really like the way you talk about it and that you kind of take on board that there are people who simply do not want to go 100% vegan. Yeah. The bottom line is we need to we need to remember um, the original way of farming where mm-hmm. the animals were treated well and they were... They were fed well and naturally and yeah, and yeah the, the, the factory farming and the commercial farming the way it's done here it, it is I totally agree it is destructive and it's not even healthy to eat that for like, no even that's if right not concerned yeah with the well-being of the animal you're at least concerned with your health that means if you do want to eat meat well at least eat meat that's actually healthily produced which also means the well-being of the animal is actually a part of it. I know there I mean, are vegans who completely disagree with that. I know that. I know there is part of the vegan community who are completely disagree with that. Um, but I don't see how. That's, that's like asking people to run before they can crawl. Change, real change has to happen very slow in order to be real. Um, I, I don't believe that so many people so suddenly will make a drastic change uh, to that extent. Before I went vegan, I, I bought a leather sofa. So whenever I was transitioning, I was wondering, look, I've got those leather shoes and I've got the leather sofa. So does that make me less vegan than somebody who doesn't have a piece of clothing that comes from an animal or any piece of furniture? No, it it is... What it is, you have it in your house. So if I throw it out, right. it's a waste. It's gonna fill the lunch, then it's gonna, So then yeah. I'll just have to buy it again. So I've bought it and I have it and I've made now the decision. So next time when I have the choice to spend money, this is the only way really to show for, for most people that they would like a change is how they spend their money. It's not by shouting and it's not by demanding. If you're vegan, that's great. That's, that's wonderful. But veganism is about appreciating life and appreciating all life and really honoring um, every living being. But there is one thing that stops us and there's actually you no know, two things that maybe stop people to make sometimes a better change. First of all, we're really creatures of habit more than we realize. And the other thing that is very hard for us is self-discipline. So if you have the choice to make a difference because everything that you buy, everything that you do affects somebody. Whether you are conscious of it or not, that doesn't matter. Always do your best to make the best choice within the best of your ability. That's that's really is the the main thing. When did you decide to start your blog and spread your message and share your recipes? Well, that was maybe a while uh, before I went vegan, I actually started in November 2011. And the reason I started the blog was because I thought um, how important it is what we eat. I have forgotten 
how is that even possible? Why did I not think about that? Why did I drink so much that Coke <laughs> or that Pepsi and all yeah, the other I don't stuff? Know you tell me. That's just I disgusting, Evelina. Honestly, I know. I know. It's just why. And then you just start, and I and I just liked the the idea of the of the fact that you don't have to be a writer to have a blog because in the blog you can just share your opinion. Anybody can be a blogger because you're just asked to express your opinion and experience and share thoughts. And I also find it um, very um, helpful in, in terms of if you are um, spending a lot of time online, you can just gather up everything that you like in one place. As, all, as well as that, I was looking for a part-time income. At that time, um, my kids were just, all of them were at school. So I did have a part-time job as well as that. And it has been going since. And um, I would like to think that um, I will continue to share my thoughts, to write more recipes. Did the blog help you with the transition from... It did help me in a, in a way that because I had uh, like a, my own space where I can write what I like and what was important to me, it made me write up things that are really important. Like, for example, it helped me to do a research on the vitamin B12, which is the very important vitamin that everybody um, who is eating a plant-based vegan diet or vegetarian or any other diet, it's very important. And if you're not consuming that, it, it, it could be damaging for your nervous system. So I invite everybody who has uh, any concerns. It's, it's a simple blood test to test it if they haven't done it for a few years to make sure it's right. And if, they, if it's not right, they can take it. There is a vegan B12, which I take when I remember. And I encourage everybody to do so. The blog also helped me that uh, I got uh, to interview uh, for, a, for about a year. I had a section on my blog called um, Ask a Vegan. And I, I interviewed a few long-term vegans, uh, nutrition and dietitian. They were, they, were, they were very, very helpful because it made me realize as long as I have those, these maybe three or four supplements, it was only the B12 actually over a period of time I realized if you're not consuming any animal products. I think this is a very important thing to mention and that's, I think, a lot of people who decide to go vegan for mm -hmm. whatever reason, whether it's 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 um, ethical reasons or whether it's health reasons. Yes. I think a lot of people make the mistake that they just dive right in mm -hmm. by anything that's labeled vegan, mm -hmm. which, by the way, can be quite dangerous because a lot of companies make a lot of money by putting not particularly healthy products cool. out there. That's right, yeah. Put a vegan label on it and voila you're consuming overly processed full of sugar product that mm -hmm. does nothing for your health mm -hmm. but anyway so i think a lot of people make that mistake that they just dive in by anything that's labeled vegan suddenly find themselves eating a lot of processed food yes and don't realize that actually they're not looking at the whole picture and completely forget about the nutritional right. side yeah. of things and i think this is really important that you mentioned this because whether you are already a vegan or whether you are transitioning mm -hmm. from different kind of eating to completely plant-based diet, look at 
nutrition That's and make right. sure that you're eating all the minerals and all the vitamins that your body needs mm -hmm. because you can cause yourself more harm than anything else. That's right, because yes, you can be um, very unhealthy, a vegan, but you also can be very unhealthy, omnivore. Absolutely. So it comes down to that. The most important thing is the daily leafy greens and a few seeds and literally a few nuts because those are those are those are the things that you know you have to learn in a way you have to become your own nutritionist if when if when you decide to eat um, a plant-based diet or vegan diet what veganism made me realize is I've become very conscious of what I'm eating what I'm not eating sometimes I literally would look at a plate of food and I will not touch it as you said, it said, it said vegan, it says whatever, it's made like that. But just look at it. It doesn't even look like food. <laughs> you read what's in it and you wonder, no, I am not eating that. One of the biggest traps, I think, are those cheese and meat substitutes that come in, in a plastic pack. Yes. Which, by the way, is not recyclable, <laughs> if we're really talking about being pinnacle vegan. And... Um, and if you read the amount of ingredients that's in it and what kind of ingredients are in it, I'm sorry, but I wouldn't touch it. You have to read the labels. And even if you... I think these things um, can be very helpful whenever people are moving from completely one type of that. And, and they have their place, but they shouldn't be your daily go-to food. Some of them I would, like you said, I wouldn't eat. But everybody is different. Yeah. They do have a place in some way. But at the same time, we have to be very conscious what's inside them. Is that really Definitely. food? It always comes down to the same thing. Read the labels and know what you eat. and where That's right. And, and really be conscious. But the best way probably is to just make food from scratch. As you said mm -hmm. in the beginning, just buy food that is not packaged. Go home and make something nice of it. Yeah. Which brings me to... You develop your own recipes. Yes. How do you do that? What well, is your approach? How do my, you develop my, my approach really is very simple. The first thing I would go for in, in the recipe will be nutrition. So I will make sure that whenever you're sitting at the table, you see as many colors as possible. And the second thing I would go for will be taste. So for example, if it's a red pepper, if I'm cooking a simple tomato sauce, the way that tomato sauce changes is if I roast the pepper, Peel it, blend the pepper, and put a red roasted pepper sauce into the tomato sauce. That changes everything. It's simple. So the way I look at things is I still use as many fresh or pickled vegetables or roasted, but at the same time, I do it in a way that it, it's still tasty and they're convenient as well. So I, whenever I'm, I'm looking at the recipe, I think... Well, this is something you can buy everywhere. Peppers, tomatoes, carrots, cabbage, most of the dishes. And the other way I look into the recipes, what else can I add here? What can I add to make it, to take it to another level? What is the one ingredient, for example, that I can add here to make maybe those, um, I don't know, stuffed cabbage leaves or whatever it is I'm making better? And I would add something. Um, it could be maybe a certain fresh herb or another vegetable, but it really is the method. It's, it's the method that makes the difference. Some vegetables are better fried in oil. 
some are better roasted by themselves and it, it just changes everything just really trying different things and whenever you're in the mood for cooking cook i believe that everything starts with chopping and i know sometimes people say oh i can't be bothered sitting here chopping vegetables making salads whatever you're not maybe feeling like this right now but when you do whenever you're cooking every time whenever you cook a, a vegan dish i always cook enough like everybody will eat it so i'll eat it maybe two or three days if if they don't and I don't have to cook every day, but when I do, I'm sort of in the zone and it's done. And I think I've become very, very accustomed to certain simple dishes because I uh, um, read not so long ago, there was another um, uh, dietitian, uh, I can't remember exactly his name, it's one of the very first uh, vegan uh, nutrition books that I read. And he said uh, that it has been done research that normally in a in a normal household doesn't matter if it's two people or 12 people in a family they have approximately overall they have 10 dishes and maybe two or three variation of those yep we so, probably have to curry and soup there you go <laughs> exactly so it's like so 10 is being very so he's being very very generous with the number i can vouch for that as well so whenever you look and into your foods so you've got maybe uh, foods that you eat every week i would encourage everybody the simplest things in in one or the two of the dishes just to add an extra nutrition whatever that is maybe a handful of fresh herbs a few seeds sometimes especially if you if you ground them or sometimes if you soak them sometimes you'll not even taste them as if you're making a soup Mm. And if you add a few uh, a few extra fresh herbs, I don't know if you blend your soup or you don't blend your soup. Those are now different, different depends what soup you have as well. That's actually something I learned here. Like back at home, we never blended yeah. soup. It's I just never something blended. I learned to make like creamy soups that are blended together. I'm really fond of them. Yes. But it was something very, very new. That's and right. And actually talking of that. So you mentioned you're from Bulgaria. That's right. And your husband has a Greek heritage. How would those two cultures influence your cooking well luckily the greek and the bulgarian are very close um, countries and a lot of the flavors are completely the same obviously we live here so he's so it's irish greek and bulgarian so it's a complete mix but it works perfect because um say for example I can, i'm perfectly happy to have Maybe baked potato, which I learned to bake here because in Bulgaria I would never have a baked potato in the oven. Uh, sun-dried tomato salad, which... That sounds really tasty. It is very tasty. You make the sun-dried tomato paste very simply, which I make with um, sun-dried tomato, walnuts or sunflower seed or both, two bunches of basil, garlic... And if you buy the oily sun-dried tomatoes, you don't add any more oil. And if you can add a little bit of salt and pepper, and you just blend that, blend. And then you use that one as a dressing um, in your salad, or you can just have it with your potato. And then you have some other vegetables on the side. It is oh like my a, God, it's I want so to delicious eat that right now. Actually, it is very simple. I don't normally eat potatoes. It's so delicious. Right now, do you know it would totally work with a sweet potato? Yeah. Now? It's sweet potato as well. So um, then maybe if you have sweet potatoes, don't have tomato. Have spinach, basil, 
whatever sunflower mm. seed or pine nuts, whatever nuts you want to use it for the oh God, uh, texture. So good. And then because the tomato with sweet potato, I don't think they go well, but the spinach and the basil, use nut or seed, a bit of salt and pepper, a bit of lemon, and then you make that pesto with a sweet potato and whatever other vegetables, it will be better balanced. Do you bake the pesto in the potato? Oh no, after I put it out. Yeah, 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 it, it dries very, it dries yeah. a lot. Um, I would, if I would use pesto, not cook it as much because a lot of the garlic is, there's a lot of garlic in it, which is extremely good. And then you have the nuts, which are also better when they're not cooked. Mm. But because you have the sun-dried tomato, it still gives you that cooked yeah. uh, flavor, which is the fit flavor, the umami flavor, which I, which is uh, present in a lot of food combinations. And if you look to any traditional cooking, it doesn't matter if it's from Czech, Bulgaria, Ireland, India, whatever you go to. If you look to the most, uh, to the to the recipes that are passed on from your relatives to you, there is something in those recipes that really make it or break it. The Italians have the basil with garlic and tomato. You mix those three and your tomato sauce is cooked. But if you don't have one of them, basil and tomato is still okay. But when you add the garlic, it becomes completely different. Yeah. And then, if you don't mind wine, it becomes really completely different sauce. And then if you add a few other herbs, then you take it to another level. And these are all very, very simple changes. And they're not even expensive. You just sold you know? me on the baked potato with the oh, sun-dried well, still thinking about that. I, I am, my mouth is watering. I'm still thinking about it. I just want to eat it. Oh well, um, I do have some of some. I do have I guess, some pesto in the fridge. I'll give you I some. I guess your, I guess your um, cultures that you brought each from your home really helped the the Irish way of eating, definitely. Yes, well, I mean, I will be the one who would put a tahini dressing over broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and cauliflower. Oh my god, I would this totally is delicious. That, too. that is <laughs> delicious. So you know, because it's a complete mix. I always go for the. For the simple, just really only cook the foods that you have to cook. Chop a lot. That's the only thing about um, that you end up chopping a lot of vegetables. But it's but it's worth it because it's the result. It's fantastic. I think you really develop fantastic. a really good relationship with food as well. If you you know you end up chopping a lot of mm -hmm. vegetables and preparing everything from scratch, you learn the flavors and, and how each vegetable smells when it's fresh and that's right. How it tastes mm -hmm. when it's fresh because we are people forget how real food tastes. Overcooked or over seasoned as well. This is another thing, and I also like to say that um, this is another uh, quote from somebody else. It's the it's the guy who wrote the World Peace Diet and Don't his, look at me. I, his, this is the first his, time I heard of it. <laughs> and his uh, his quote is that food is our most intimate connection with nature. See, talking about food and recipes, um, it's it's Christmas, and mm -hmm. I think that's quite challenging time for yes. somebody who's new to plant-based diet yes and it can be quite challenging because mm -hmm. most traditional foods wherever you are yeah most traditional christmas dinners do include meat that's right or fish that's right and so being on plant-based diet can be quite a challenge and, and for you as a vegan first of all would you have any tips for a plant-based um 
for people who are yes. on Father's diet and, yes. and, and not, are not quite sure what to make for Christmas. And secondly, uh, tell me a bit about what way Christmas work in your Here. family. Because yes, obviously of you course. are the only vegan in the yeah. family. Well, my tip for anybody who has decided to have maybe their first vegan Christmas is to make something that maybe will be in a place of maybe the turkey that they would they would have had if they weren't vegan. So the easiest thing to make is Wellington. But instead of filling it with uh, beef or some other meat, they can fill it up with mushroom, chestnut. They, there's so many different kinds of recipes they can find online. But I will encourage them to use the same herbs and spices that they would have used in the stuffing of the turkey. This is the most important thing whenever you're transitioning is to keep the herbs, the spices and the flavors almost alike without the meat, without the dairy, without the egg. And gradually your taste bud will change, but at the same time you'll not lose any of what you like um, in, in terms of taste. Maybe texture, just replace your turkey or whatever other animal you would have had with something special. You can buy ready stuff. Now, luckily this year, supermarkets offer, you can buy a, a cauliflower Wellington roast, or you can bake your own cauliflower, which I recommend you. It's incredibly delicious. Do you have any recipes on your blog that people could paint? For Christmas? for Christmas, my recipes are actually quite Bulgarian. Because in the Bulgarian tradition, what we do here, and it, this actually leads me how we celebrate the Christmas here. On Christmas Eve, we do a Bulgarian tradition, which is you have the odd number uh, vegan dishes. So because the Bulgarian way of celebrating Christmas is on it's on a Christmas Eve you put on the table vegan dishes it's it has to be an odd number and then whatever's left that will be my feast for the next day as well and on the actual Christmas my husband and the children will prepare the Christmas dinner well I do take part in preparing the vegetables obviously clearing up setting up the table and all and all the rest of it and we do sit at the table all together I have a plate full of vegan dishes, which is like a platter, more like than a plate, with all different um, dishes. And it works every year, every year we've done like that. I do have a few recipes on my blog, uh, but they are more Bulgarian Christmas, like okay. stuffed cabbage leaves, uh, stuffed vine leaves. One year, I think I made um, vegetarian lasagna. Another year, I made like a small crockpot dishes filled with whatever other vegetables and things you can imagine, and it was lovely. So you have um, spread of different vegan dishes then, and your family, they eat the traditional stuffed turkey. That's right, they do, on uh, on Christmas Day they do, and uh, that's how we celebrate Christmas here in this house. Also, I would make sometimes the simplest things. I, I would melt chocolate, and I would, I would mix it with oats, uh, peanut butter, I will add a few pieces sometimes of um, Turkish delight and I would just make a no-bake chocolate bars which are also they're great with the kids for that time because they're they they look like you've had something very sugary but it's not too bad because you have the oats and a few nuts and sometimes I add chia seeds and some other seeds that they can't they don't even know it's there <laughs> this is another thing to add extra nutrition to the food and even to the people who are newly vegan, um, always focus on what you can't have. Don't think 
of food that you cannot eat. Just focus on the abundant amount of, of fruits, vegetables, nuts and seeds that you can eat. It's an abundance of choice because if you start thinking, oh, I can't have that, I can't have that, I cannot have that, it's, it's harder. And, and try to keep it simple to really suit your own taste. And, and don't be afraid to cook. I mean, it doesn't really take that much time. Um, I know sometimes if you watch the MasterChef or some other cooking shows, um, they can be, you know, complicated. But you do whatever you can. Make yourself a salad first. Then move on to a stir-fry. Then move on to a just plain roasted vegetables. If you just chop up some courgettes, a bit of um, red and green peppers, some mushrooms, aubergine and um, onions and just roast them in the oven with whatever herbs or spices you like and then eat them. If they are cold, you can use them. I mean, I know you don't have sandwiches, but sometimes people have a sandwich and they give a completely different um level to your sandwich because really good, if you're if you're used to eating uh, because you were talking about the new vegans if you're new to veganism and you want something kind of meaty the best thing i recommend is deep fried aubergine you leave it for a couple of hours in salt then you squeeze the salt out of it and then you fry it and then it, it is the perfect replacement for a cold meat you put that one in your sandwich and it is perfect um it's 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 very important also um, that you are confident in yourself and that you feel happy while you're eating whether you're eating whatever diet you're eating is very very important that you enjoy it so if you're not enjoying a certain dish don't make it again or make it in a different way food is really is uh, one of the very important rituals that we do as humans and you have to keep it first of all you have to keep it as close to nature as possible and the second thing is to keep it as close to your own likes as possible as well. You can never, you know, I'm not saying that you have to be a perfect picture every time. Go for the optimal choice. (laughs) Talking of choice, you um, obviously use a great variety of uh, vegetables and and grains and nuts and seeds in your cooking. Do you have a favorite vegetable? Well, the thing is that my favorite vegetable, it's not even a vegetable. It's a fruit. It's tomatoes. I can't. That's okay. I'll take tomatoes. I can't can't possibly imagine life without tomatoes. To me, that will be impossible. Because with a tomato, even just with a green tomato, the things you can do even with a green tomato, start with that. You can... You can pickle it and eat it that way. You can chutney it and eat it that way. Then it's grown a full, beautiful. And the variety, you have the little cherry tomato. Then you have the the really sad looking salad tomatoes, they call them. The, <laughs> the cheap variation. Then you have the, they call them the tomatoes on the vine. And then you have the other tomatoes, which are the big, big, really, really nice one. The, they call them beef tomatoes. And then if you go to different countries, so and then, like France and Italy, you get tomatoes of all different colors. Yes, you? that's right. And then you eat, and you eat them all. And then you can also make it into a sauce. You can dry it into the sun. You can put it on your pizza. You can even make very, very simple dish. You fry a few... Um, crochets and then you put literally tomato paste with a little bit of garlic um, olive oil and dill 
in between the aubergine and you just put it maybe for five minutes in the oven and it's totally transformed that simple thing aubergine or courgette uh, courgette you can do it with the aubergine as well all right it's exactly uh, depends what texture you like most of the stews i make or the rice based dishes or any pasta salad or whenever i'm making obviously i mean whenever i do even pizza um, i would put tomatoes and then i'll have artichokes or red peppers or whatever on top and it's amazing just because of the tomato because it's so even if you put it in a sandwich which um, I don't recommend you doing and leaving it for too many hours because it will become a little bit soggy but simple uh, sandwich of tomato and hummus and parsley just that alone is is enough for lunch it's so simple Do you have a favorite tomato recipe that you uh, favorite tomato I I possibly have a, it's like a roasted vegetable. It's a Mediterranean vegetable mix on the blog, um, which is again tomato based. But all these vegetables, you can eat that dish hot or cold. You can eat it with by itself. And if you don't have the potatoes in it, you can eat it. Maybe if you are not eating too many potatoes, you can have it with other vegetables mm. served as a just an extra flavor. And you can make it spicier if you like paprika. It's delicious. Really, I'll really delicious. From the blog it's the very end. easy to make. Because it's Christmas, yes. would you share maybe a recipe for one of your vegan dishes yes. that you put on your on your spread? On my well, maybe um, the one that I will definitely be, be doing this year will be stuffed cabbage leaves. So I buy uh, pickled uh, cabbage from the Polish shop. The other option is if you can buy the pickled cabbage, it could be done with a raw cabbage. You just steam it or boil it and you just need the whole the whole cabbage leaf. And then in a separate pan, I would fry a little bit of leek, onion and garlic. One leek to one medium onion and maybe two or three cloves of garlic, depends how much you like garlic. You fry that until it's really, really soft. And then to that, I will add uh, a little bit of salt and pepper, a little bit of oregano. Um, if you have thyme, and if you like thyme, and, and a little bit of basil. I, I use dry basil for this re recipe. And then you mix that and you let it cook. You add uh, rice. If you like whole grain rice, or you can use long grain, or I, I use basmati rice. And then whenever the, the rice becomes translucent then I add tomato paste and a little bit of water so for one cup of rice I would add two and a half cups of water and just let it simmer till till it's almost cooked but it's still but you can still bite the rice it's almost cooked but it's not ready and then while this is cooking you add quarter of a nutmeg a little bit of cloves and cinnamon and then you mix that. And if you don't mind uh, wine, you mm. add a little bit of wine and then let that simmer until all the water's gone, until it's like sticky but not really sticky. Then you take your cabbage leaves, put the put your mix in the middle of the cabbage leaf and then you roll it till it becomes a bowl. And you put it in a in a pot and you fill it up with water so the water is above above the level. I add oil, I this is the and then you put a plate on top of the cabbage leaves. And then you let it cook for about 40-45 minutes, but make sure it's very, very low heat. So all the flavors 
goes through the water from the cabbage into the into the rice and it becomes a delicious dish. It sounds really really tasty. I know it's so simple to make. It sounds so good. Yeah, it's so easy to make. And then if you are avoiding grains, you can use cauliflower rice. I would I wouldn't even cook it as long as the rice. You maybe just cook it for so the cauliflower is soft and you can maybe add some vegetables in it. Chop up all your favorite vegetables instead of the rice. Again, use the same herbs and spices and then let it simmer for a wee bit. And you probably will not need to add much water to that. You probably need to add maybe a few spoonfuls of water just to let it cook. So you can make stuffed vegetable um, cabbage leaves as well and that will be another dish which is fairly simple to make but so delicious so good that is that is amazing a yes. very very different take on christmas but i i think i'm gonna try it because it sounds <laughs> yeah you could probably it's a dish that you can make anytime really if our listeners wanted to contact you with yeah. any questions yeah. for a bit of cooking advice. Yes. Um, how can they contact you? I am, um, you know, my, my blog is mothernaturelovesyou.com and on the top I have my social media links or there is a simple button on my blog, contact me. And I will be happy to help. I'll be more than happy if somebody is wondering if they were looking to cook a certain dish and are really wondering what i can give them some ideas so mother nature loves you.com and actually before we say our goodbyes i brought you something wow. um, so i brought you my book and i really hope that you enjoy some of the recipes i They're will absolutely do that's fantastic um, I brought Evelina my Christmas mince pies as well, my raw mince pies. The, the recipe I is just, not in the book, unfortunately, but I do share it every Christmas on my social media, so I'll post that recipe again. So anybody who's listening, guys, you can you can get recipe for raw mince pies. But um, definitely visit Evelina's blog. Thank there you. There are some really cracking recipes, so, and especially if you're just starting on a plant-based diet, I do recommend her blog for some ideas because they're really simple to make and they're really nutritious and absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. And I can say that the that the raw mince pies are absolutely delicious. I ate it so so tasty, and I'm so it, glad you, you do feel it. <laughs> you do feel like you're having something sweet and nutty and delicious. It's so nice. I am and so happy delicious. that you like it because it's so good to get a feedback from somebody who is so good in kitchen. Oh, like you're you so are, kind. So you're so, so kind. Thank you. But anyway, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and do go visit Modern Nature Loves You. There are some really good ideas and um, I guess we just wish you a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas for me and thank you so much for having me on the podcast, uh, Susanna. I truly enjoyed it and I hope that your listeners find value. Evelina is such a lovely person and so I really hope that you guys did get some useful tips from our interview because I certainly did and I will be making a few dishes and those stuffed cabbage leaves are something I really want to try. And by the way, Evelina did give me a little bit of her sun-dried tomato pesto and no, it did not end up on a baked potato. I nearly ate the whole jar with just a spoon on its own. 
because it was so damn tasty. But I want to go back to one of my first questions that I asked um, Evelina about her family's reaction to her going vegan. And the reason I asked was, if you are making a lifestyle change such as this, and let's face it, veganism is a lifestyle choice. It's not just a diet. It is a way of life. Having the support of your family and friends is making it much easier. And I think it is important. So when I was changing my way of eating to reverse my ulcerative colitis back in 2005 and 2006, I lived away from my family and my housemates and friends were really supportive, but my family wasn't. Anytime I came home for a visit, I heard how I was insane and surely giving up weed, dairy and sugar wasn't going to do anything for my health. And, you know, I wish you a just normal food like everybody else. Normal food meaning heaps of meat and dairy, overload of carbs, fried foods and loads of processed sugar because this was their normal. And fair enough, there might be people who strive on this kind of food, especially come Christmas. Although I really don't know who could possibly strive on processed sugar. But, you know, you can imagine going through a lifestyle change, having this kind of nagging around. So hearing from someone that they live in a supportive and accepting environment and the support and acceptance going both ways, of course, it's just really nice. So I'm very happy for Evelina and her family that the way they each of them eat is not an issue. But anyway, I promised a few Christmas recipes. So if you catch the sweet spot on a farm on Facebook or Instagram, you'll find my recipe for my raw vegan mince pies. I make those with walnuts and hazelnuts for the pastry and fermented raisins, cranberries and orange zest or essence of orange for the stuffing and top them with crumbled hazelnuts dehydrated with coconut oil. You don't have to ferment the raisins um, to make this. If you're not diabetic and have no issues with high levels of natural sugar, you can use just raisins in their normal state. My other recipe that I wanted to share with you is uh, a savory kind and it's sauteed red cabbage. Now this is based on Czech traditional cabbage recipe we'd eat, we eat as a side to mostly meat-based dishes in wintertime but you can use it really with anything you like. I actually add it to side salads or mix it in with a stir-fry, crujeri or have it as a side with my vegan curry. It's just really versatile and what you need for it is um, one head of red ideally sweet heart cabbage. I find that the sweet heart cabbage just tastes better in this particular dish. You'll need one medium onion, you'll need about a teaspoon of cumin seeds, about half a teaspoon of mustard seeds and some salt and pepper, apple cider vinegar, olive oil or coconut oil or both and liquid stevia. If you use only coconut oil and then store the cabbage in a fridge, it will solidify a bit. So I find that the best thing is to use a mixture of olive and coconut oil. You can use just olive oil, but then again, I think the coconut oil really adds a very nice flavor to it. But um, it is really up to you. It doesn't matter. Either or, I use both. 
Shred the cabbage. I usually cut it with a knife in half lengthwise and then into thin ribbons and steam it for about 10 to 12 minutes until it's tender. While it's steaming, I put oil on a pan, heat it and throw in the seeds. And when the seeds start popping, I add the finely chopped onion and brown it a bit. When the onion's done, your cabbage might still be steaming, so um, just put the pan with the onion on a side and wait for the cabbage to finish. Add the cabbage into the pot and pour in about four to five tablespoons of raw apple cider vinegar. Then put a lid on it and simmer on a low heat until most of the vinegar has evaporated. Then add some liquid stevia. I usually put in about a teaspoon or so, depending on whether you want it more um, sweet or more sour. And... Um, Keep simmering it for another just couple of minutes. If I make this in the evening, I usually keep it in a pot with the lid on over the night. You can eat it warm or cold and um, you can store it in a fridge, preferably in a glass jar with a lid and it will last for days. That is it. And before I go and leave you to have a lovely Christmas time, I have some Christmas competition announcing to do. I have to say that I am quite sad that um, you were all so very, very busy that nobody wrote any podcast reviews, which really did make me a bit sad. Um, it also means that nobody has won the Sweet Spot cookbook. As for the aprons, we actually did have some book reviews submitted to Amazon for the competition, but because there were only two of them, I decided that there is very little point in doing a draw and so both of the lovely listeners who wrote those really kind reviews are going to get an apron. Shane and Judith, I love you loads and you can start cooking in your new aprons in the new year. So I will be in touch soon with you to get your postal details. And that is really it for this year. Have a wonderful Christmas. Have plenty of plant-based meals over the holidays. You know it's good for you and for the planet. I hope you all had a great 2018. So go and have even better 2019 and more importantly, stay healthy. Merry Christmas! As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening. <laughs>